Days ago, Libro Cubicleist. Yes, indeed, a roo. Indeed, a roo is a word that combines indeed and kangaroo, I suppose. Uh, yeah, haven't recorded uh, or dropped an episode a bit. What do you think, right? Look at me being all lackadaisical about, you know, posting episodes and such. How about that? Yeah, uh, it's feeling nice. You know what? I've been do- donating? No. Well, okay, let me see if I can make the word donating work, even though that's not the one I wanted to use. I've been donating my time, yeah, sure, uh, more frequently to recording long plays rather than podcasts, <clears throat> which has been a, a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I think I spoke briefly about it last episode, just the act of playing a video game I love, obviously, um, but playing one in which... I sort of, uh, uh, you know, take on the role. I role play. It's it's kind of a light role play. Like it's not. Uh, I'm not going too too heavy because these are meant to be sort of just chill, relaxing, playing how I want to play. Uh, as much for me as it is for the viewer, almost. Um, I'm playing the librarian, quote unquote, just a dude who finds himself in these strange situations. For example, now, he's in the Capital Wasteland, which is fun, uh, as I'm uh, working my way through Fallout 3, uh, a game that I did platinum way back in the day uh, and played through, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours and uh, uh, just in general had a great time with. Uh, It sort of blew my mind, that game, back in the day. It's sort of... Uh, Fallout, definitely my favorite series because of that, because of New Vegas. I enjoyed Fallout 4. Hell, I enjoyed Fallout 76. I, I, I just, as a property, um, should probably, if you are a longtime listener, if such a person does exist, uh, uh, knows my inclination towards uh, all things post-apocalyptic, uh, this very much included. So, you know, my favorite series, and now be able to uh, play and record and, uh, uh, you know, role-play my way through it in this sort of very relaxed, uh, heavily modded version has been uh, a lot of fun. On the note of mods, um, there was times, I don't want to jinx it, because the last two episodes I recorded went well, but there was times where I was having a lot of crashing. Um, I figured out most of it, and most of it had to do with my followers. I had some follower mods, which were uh, apparently causing issues. So unfortunately, uh, and I do mean that because uh, in uh, his Skyrim playthrough, the librarian's uh, journey through Skyrim, he had a lot of followers. Uh, A lot of followers and a lot of summons. Whereas now, uh, you can't really have any. Uh, uh, Every time I get one, things start to bug out for the most part. Um, I'm thinking maybe uh, what I'll do is use some of the actual uh, vanilla uh, followers that come with the game rather than the mod ones. Uh, like I had Fox for a bit. Uh, he's he's always fun. And uh, the only thing I kind of don't like is uh, they, they keep killing everyone and stealing my XP. So that's the other reason I'm sort of debating not having them. Uh, I, I've been just sort of uh, talking to the Pip-Boy. Uh, which, you know, 
I wish, you know what, I wonder if I could get a mod that would give the Pip-Boy a voice. Although, I bet you that could get annoying if it was a repetitive voice. <laughs> Something to think about. Uh, anyways, let's move into my list. Oh, uh, you can, um, if you have any interest in watching these. So far, uh, I'm dropping one a week. Uh, and s something nice about that as well, I was just telling this to the missus that say I, uh, <laughs> well, that's how I... I remember saying it. Uh, say I drop dead tomorrow. Sorry, sorry. When I drop dead tomorrow, which she does not appreciate when I make jokes like that. Um, like I have episodes uh, ready to roll until uh, September. Yeah. So that's uh, September. Like I think maybe actually even October. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely with the Fallout ones I've now recorded. Uh, October maybe even to November. Which is pretty cool. November 2022, I should say. So, uh, yeah, if I drop dead, uh, you know, there's going to be every week for quite a number of weeks, episodes will continue to drop, which is sort of creepy. But also, uh, it's something that I, I don't know, I just like, it, it makes me smile when I think about it. <laughs> when I think about my death. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Okay, I guess I should get back into... What was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to watch these, I suppose I should give you the ability to do so by saying um, you could go to anerdywebsite.com. That's just my website. That'll have uh, them there. Or uh, my YouTube channel where they are actually posted, which is uh, the alphabetical DM. So there you go. Moving on to item the first, a movie from 1999, which I think is the year I graduated high school. I always get it mixed up. It was 1999 or 2000. It was somewhere in there. Uh, the, the film in question is Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, this thing. A Manhattan doctor embarks on a bizarre night-long odyssey after his wife's admission of unfulfilled longing interesting uh i think i had seen it but it's gonna fall into the category of and i almost feel like this doesn't come up very often movies that i'm pretty sure i've seen the percentage i'm sure is like 90 some odd percent um but the possibility exists i'm just remembering various seeing various scenes and not the whole thing i i don't know I, it's kind of hard to tell and you know what on that note this movie is kind of, I, I mean, all movies are a collection of scenes, but the differences, the sort of disparity between some scenes in this movie of, you know, just a, a man and a, a, a woman talking, you know, in their New York City apartment versus a, a crazy masked orgy. The, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of almost jarring difference between scenes. Um, the other thing that's interesting about this movie that comes out in 1999 is the just the idea of like yeah obviously this happens <laughs> obviously the super rich are going to weird crazy orgies and and killing prostitutes with uh, uh, just on a whim seemingly and keeping their weird secrets and you know lizard people things of that nature of course of course it's happening right epstein duh uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Rating-wise, uh, this is Kubrick. The score... Who did the score of this? It was very... 
it was strange. Like there was one scene in particular I remember. It's almost like someone just came in and like the person who was supposed to do the score didn't show up. So they just asked like some guy walking by, uh, you know, let's say it was the, the, the janitor. He was, he was, uh, mopping up the floor, uh, walking by and they said, Hey, come in here and here. We need to score for this movie. And he just hit the same key over and over again. It was very strange. It was like, like it almost fit in that it was supposed to be jarring. At least I think that's how it felt. Um, but yeah, just, just odd. A lot of odd of this movie, not least of which Tom Cruise and Scientology. Yep. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, I don't want to say it's a favorite of the misses, but, uh, it's, I know it's definitely on her list of movies that she very much likes. So, uh, when I brought it up, she's like, yes, yes, let's watch that. So, you know, she's a weirdo apparently. <laughs> uh, she doesn't listen to this and her punishment for that is that I could say anything I want and she will never hear it. Ha ha ha. Rating. I think I'd go four-ish with some, maybe some uh, just, just mind-bendiness five moments. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, lower that if you don't like being creeped out, because this movie will probably creep you out a little bit. You know, it feels like that's what it's trying to do. So, you know, mission accomplished, but still a little out there. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Uh, moving on to actually, let's just do the movies first. I only have two movies. Wow. Yeah, my uh, media consumption apparently not very high. Uh, also from the '90s, although the early '90s, 1991 specifically, Robin Hood: colon, Prince of Thieves. Oh, a Robin Hood movie. Is it the Robin Hood movie? Yeah, what's my favorite Robin Hood movie? There's the animated Disney one. I love that one. I love this one. What else do we got? Uh, Men in Tights. That might be my favorite. Ooh. On that note, I think I convinced the missus to watch Robin Hood Men in Tights, which is hard to do because of the title. She, I, I knew that would throw her off, but the fact that... And, oh yeah, you know what this is interesting? Uh, so we're trying to decide what movie to watch is, is our want quite often. And uh, I mentioned this, and her, it's like her, her her eyes lit up, and the excitement was palpable, which uh, was fascinating because, you know, we've been married an amount of time <laughs> shit well again she doesn't listen so it's fine uh i think 13 years it's definitely within that ballpark because i know we had our 10 year anniversary and that was right that was in the before times uh, and we were supposed to celebrate it but then covid came along so you know somewhere in that neighborhood 12 13 Anyways, uh, the reason I bring that up is because despite that long time and even longer being together and the fact that we've literally known each other since, you know, uh, like grade one or grade two, mm, somewhere in there, uh, I had no idea that she, lo she loved this movie <laughs> and she didn't know that I love this movie. So, uh, it was, it was kind of fun to, to find out that we both had a love of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um... Yeah, Robin... <laughs> do you not know about Robin Hood? Robin Hood decides to fight back as an outlaw when faced with the tyranny of the Sheriff of Nottingham. Of course. Starring Kevin Costner. You got Morgan Freeman in there. And what I think maybe 
I mean, they say this about a lot of things, but uh, superhero things sort of in general, uh, I've heard this, that uh, it's not how good your superhero is, it's how good your supervillain is. Uh, And in this case, the super, and I don't mean in terms of powers, I just mean he's really good. Uh, The Sheriff of Nottingham, of course, played by Alan Rickman. So fucking good. Uh, This is... Jesus, this is my favorite Alan Rickman performance. It might be. He is just the best. He might be the best part of the movie, <laughs> really. Uh, just, yeah, uh, incredible performance. So spot on. So creepy. So a little sexualized. A little. It, it's really just incredible to watch him in this. I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, we've got Christian Slater, who, yeah, he always felt kind of out of place in it. Uh, and Mary Elizabeth, I'm going to open up her IMDb because, uh, uh, the one who plays, uh, the girl who plays main Marion, uh, whose name is Mary, which is interesting. Um, she's, she's great in it, but, uh, both the Mrs. and I, uh, made sort of note that, oh, wait, what else is she in? Like we couldn't really. Okay, yeah, so she was, uh, she was in a TV series in 2018 to 2020, so, you know, still working. Blind Spot. Uh, she was in the Punisher TV series? Okay, so it looks like she's done a lot of TV. Hostages, Blue Blood, Law and Order. Okay, okay, so it, it's just, it's not that she wasn't working, it's just I don't recognize. Oh, she was in an episode of Frasier? Hmm. The Abyss? Oh, that's probably where I, I, she looked familiar from. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, yeah, easy, easy five out of five for this movie. It's telling the story of Robin Hood, so, you know, uh, it's not a new tale (laughs) by any means, but, uh, uh, they, they do it very well in this. It's, uh, the other sort of vibes that was given us was, or me anyways, because the missus hasn't seen it apparently, is a Braveheart. Yeah, there's, there's certain similarities I feel like you'll notice. Um, yeah, so... Very good. Recommend five out of five. Moving on to, looks like I got some YouTube stuff. Uh, oh yeah, this is from um, the P- P- Ambiguous Amphibian, uh, his YouTube channel, who I know I've mentioned before. Uh, primarily, what did I? What did he used to play? You know what? Let me open this up. Uh, Project Zomboid, I know, but what else? Wasn't there something else he used to play all the time? Oh yeah, RimWorld. Project Zomboid and RimWorld. That's sort of how I found him. Uh, him playing those games and just um, making them interesting. I mean, they're interesting games, but, you know, it, it's not a universal truth that you could watch anyone play any video game and it will be interesting. Which is something I am struggling with. I don't know if what I am doing in my recording of video game playing is good. If it is interesting or funny or anything, I really have no idea. Well, I will say this. I don't traditionally uh, consume any of the media I make. Uh, Like, I don't listen to my own podcast. Uh, A lot of the stuff I do, you know, I I don't consume. Yeah, it, it almost feels weird to do so in some regards. However... Uh, I have been watching my own long plays. It's just there's something about it. I don't know if it's the fact that 
I, I, I kind of know what's going to happen and that gives it a certain relaxation, that idea that there's not going to be a great many surprises, although there is from time to time because, you know, I recorded these months ago in some cases. Um, I don't know, they're just sort of, at least to me, they're very chill. They're, it's, it's not like they're getting a great amount of views, like uh, barely hitting the double digits to be honest, but... Uh, you know, I do it because I like it. Whereas the ambiguous amphibian, his most recent video got four hundred and ten thousand views. Huh, that's a lot. Anyways, uh, uh yeah, the reason I uh, am bringing him up now though is because he started uh, playing The Sims and giving himself sort of interesting challenges in order to, uh, uh you know, sort of make uh, this game that's been around for decades. Uh, make it a little different and interesting and uh, I wanted to bring it back here to talk about it because he does that so very well. Um, the one in particular that I wanted to mention was Ultimate SimCity 3000 uh, which SimCity was a game, how did I play it? Uh, this, it's one of those things where when I see old games like this uh, and remember playing them, I, I, sometimes I don't remember how, like I know I didn't have this game, I think it might have been my grandfather uh, was sort of uh, an early adopter, <laughs> which is, is fun to think about. Yeah, my grandfather was an early adopter when it came to computers, and I think it was because he was uh, he was a cop. He was, uh, uh, at one point, you know, when he retired anyways, he was the deputy chief of police. So, you know, right under the chief of police for uh, Toronto. So, you know, that's kind of cool, other than, you know cops being horrible but he wasn't <laughs> he, he was nice uh i swear to god uh, uh so I, I i think because of that job and be because um that job involved and started to involve computers he had to be sort of in the know a little bit um so uh from an early age uh my early age and uh, uh you know uh, Com compared to most others, he had computers. He had, you know, Commodore 64. He had uh, things like that. Uh, uh, so that when I would go over there, I would have access to them, and he would have games <laughs> on them, I do remember. Uh, which is fun. And fun to remember. Ah, uh, the memories. So, you know, check that out. Uh, speaking of video games, what's this one? Did I watch this? I think I did. <clears throat> this is from Iron Pineapple. Can you beat Elden Ring without attacking? Oh yeah, pacifist run. Oh yeah, uh, I did watch this one. I forget what the answer was, <laughs> to be honest. But you know, that's that's good. I'm not going to spoil it for you. You can go watch it for yourself. Uh, Elden Ring is a game that I'm debating doing for my next long play. Um, I think it would fit very well in terms of you know story and setting uh my one worry is difficulty i i i don't like uh you know dark souls in terms of difficulty um i don't like dark souls levels of difficulty what i think i could do is get a uh, uh, some sort of mod <clears throat> or something to make it a little easier now uh sort of in general people poo poo that However, I always have these sort of thoughts, well, first and foremost, I want to play how I want to play. Why would you have a problem with that? It doesn't affect how you can play it. Uh, but also, 
if the choice is not playing it or playing it the way I want to play it, why not, right? So, you know, I'm sort of going back and forth with that. Uh, TBD might do, might not do, I don't know. Uh, But this was an interesting video uh, because something I like to do in video games, and it seems like it's not really possible in this, is uh, how I played Skyrim as a conjurer and just summon a bunch of shit to, you know, get necromancy involved, uh, bring back your uh, slain enemies to fight at your side, that sort of thing, where you could just sort of sit back and watch the game (laughs) play itself. Yeah, I I, I don't know, I find it fun, relaxing, and quite often funny, because you see some uh, crazy shit as the game tries to figure out how to beat itself. I don't know, it's just an interesting uh, uh, way to play, I find. Um, I don't think you can do it in Elden Ring, after watching this, and uh, after doing some actual research of conjuring builds, just because apparently there's only certain areas of the game where you can uh, summon things, which, that's very strange. I I wonder what the decision making process behind that was. Maybe just they knew it would be broken otherwise. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Or, or like, um, apparently you can only have your horse in certain areas, which I guess that kind of makes sense. Anyways, um, debating uh, doing that game next. TBD, TBD. I, I think what might be the, uh, the ultimate decision is I have it on uh, my Steam wish list. And, uh, if there's like a, if it goes on sale, I'll get an email. <laughs> so I think that might be one of the deciding factors. If, if suddenly the game is on sale and then I get an email, I'll probably, uh, uh, because that game is pretty expensive. I think, you know, how much is it? Let me see. I got my Steam open, of course. Like, is it like 80 bucks? Yeah, it's $79.99. That's uh, Canadian, of course. Whew, would be nice, though. Would be nice. Or I can buy the Deluxe Edition. What do you get in the Deluxe Edition? Deluxe Edition. You get... Full game, you get the art book and soundtrack? Is that all you get? Wow. Yeah, Deluxe Edition includes full game... Original art book and soundtrack. Wow. I, I actually like and quite often do buy deluxe editions if you get, you know, cool stuff in game. But uh, that I don't think I would. No offense. No offense. Uh, all right. Uh, was there anything else? I think that was it, to be honest. Uh, just uh, got a couple hours before we're going to play some D&D, which I'm excited about. Um, playing through um, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Uh, so I did one. Oh no, wait, I actually did have on the note of D&D. <clears throat> yeah, that actually <laughs> reminded me. Uh, on the most recent episode of Judge John Hodgman, they did a uh, D&D episode. Uh, Judge John Hodgman, a podcast in which John Hodgman uh, will, you know, uh, people will come to his uh, podcast court with uh, issues uh, which he will then solve, a la, you know, your Judge Judy's and and folks of that nature, um, usually comedic, although he does have a sort of serious bent and, and definitely takes his quote unquote job very seriously. Um, I would normally clear my throat when it gets like this, but I want to see what happens if I don't. And apparently, uh, my voice gets, uh, raspier and raspier. It sounds almost like I'm faking this, But uh, this is actually what is happening to my voice if I don't clear it, which is an interesting experiment, I suppose. (coughs) Okay, I I, I couldn't do it anymore. 
Anyways, uh, they did a uh, D&D uh, uh, episode where people sent in their D&D questions and uh, queries and uh, 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 things they wanted the judges, uh, uh, you know, uh, declaration on. Uh, they had guest judge or guest co-judge, sure, uh, Justin McElroy, which is uh, fun from, uh, you know, uh, Adventure Zone, because he knows his shit pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, I think, no offense to Justin McElroy, um, but his knowledge of the rules is is good, it's just not great. I think what would be have been really cool is get Matt Mercer, uh, that would be awesome, he, he knows his rules, like, really well, or uh, Murphy from... Uh, Murph, Murph Murphy from uh, Not Another D&D Podcast. He also knows his rules incredibly well. Um, you know, you, you could have all three of them. Hey, why not? Get a get a judge's panel. Get a Supreme Court. Oh, fucking pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There's some politics. Pieces of shit. As soon as the Supreme Court comes up. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, all right. So uh, what I did was actually wrote down... Uh, just sort of the gist, basically, of uh, some of the questions that they got. For example, question the first was, is Avernus metal immune to the heat metal spell? So, uh, Avernus is, you know, quote-unquote hell. It's very hot. The fiery pits of hell, that, that, that sort of thing that you're picturing. That's what Avernus is. Um, heat metal is a spell that... You guessed it. Heats metal. So would the metal that is made and forged in the fiery pits of hell be immune to the spell heat metal? Uh, I forget what their answer was. So I decided just to treat this like, oh yeah, you know what? I already mentioned it. If you go to my uh, YouTube channel, the alphabetical DM, uh, I used to do and did do a 20 part series is what it ended up being when I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, 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 a show where I would uh, comically I would nonsensically review uh, monsters review locations review spells uh, and, and would also take uh, questions from the internet about D&D &D and answer them so you know I felt sort of at home doing this let's see all I have is the questions I don't have any notes about what I would say so this is all off the dome just FYI um so there's nothing in the spell that says it wouldn't affect this metal. Um, quite often this is a spell that you would use on someone wearing armor, uh, and then you would heat their armor, and then they're going to start taking damage from that heated armor. Uh, now most of, or at the very least a lot of, the creatures you're going to meet in Avernus are either... Uh, um, resistant or totally immune to fire damage so you would do this spell their metal would start heating up and they'd probably just laugh at you they'd be like oh yeah it feels good yeah you know what i was a little tense in the shoulders uh, i think you've loosened it up thank you for that um so i feel like that is accurate like you you would you you would cast a spell uh and if they were resistant or immune you know cross that bridge depending on the bad guy but I don't think just the fact that the metal itself uh, is from Avernus would mean that it is immune to this spell. It, nothing says that anywhere. It, it would be you as a DM making that rule, which you're well within your rights to do, but 
uh, you know, it, it it's making those calls of things like that that I think is telling of a DM. Like if you're making choices that negatively impact your players, why are you doing so? Is there a story reason to do so? Is there a mechanical reason that makes sense to you for doing so? Or are you just doing so because, you know, you, you want to be a jerk? <laughs> I mean, not that you want to be a jerk, but I don't know. It feels kind of jerky to make decisions like that. Sometimes it makes sense to do so. I'm not saying never do it. I'm just saying in this case, like, what do you gain as a DM for doing it? Anything? I don't know. Uh, the next question was about, oh yeah, there was a, an accountant, uh, IRL, he's an accountant and he's the DM and he, uh, wants to introduce taxes to the party owning, uh, the party, uh, uh the party's like, uh, you know, funds, let's say. <laughs> and his players didn't like the idea, which, you know, I get you fucking taxes suck. Yeah. Taxes suck. Taxes, taxes, taxes. They tax the poor heart and soul out of the people of Sherwood Forest. Um, you know, bringing it back around to uh, Robin Hood. Now, uh, if this DM is excited about taxes and has a mechanic that uh, does not... Uh, th that is fun. Yeah. If he comes up with a taxing mechanic that is fun and things revolving around it that are fun and it's not just numbers and uh, boringness and, you know, it's, it's hard for me to imagine making this fun, but I'm not saying it's impossible. Uh, one of the things I love most about DM is literally anything can happen and uh, uh, anything that can happen can be made fun, I feel like. Uh, I, I suppose there's exceptions. Like, I try to keep uh, slavery. That's quite often a theme in D&D &D stuff, but I try to keep that out of mind just because, yeah, <laughs> it's fucked up, man. It's fucked up, man. Uh, so, you know, things like that. Uh, uh, I keep out of mind, but uh, you don't necessarily have to keep out of yours. It's one of those things where, and uh, it seemed like this DM was doing right, uh, in that he is not just throwing it at the players. This is a discussion to be had. Um, and, you know, be it slavery or taxes, uh, you know, a good idea to see if you can get a party consensus. And it sounded like from, uh, uh, you know, his description and what was happening that he actually had a good handle on it, like uh, uh, the ability to make it fun and interesting and have a tax collector chasing them down. And do they, do they uh, you know, uh, if they, you know, get rid of this tax collector, then what happens? Then, you know, there, there, there's consequences involved. And uh, it, it sounded like he actually had some, uh, some cool things. Um, next one was, can you cast animal friendship on a hook horror? No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, let's read the, uh, I, I, I'm sure animal friendships is, it can only be cast on beasts, right? Animal friendship. Uh, oh, it's got a pop up about my D and D Beyond uh, on May eighteenth. My account transferring to Wizards. <laughs> uh, so, animal friendship. Convince a beast. Yeah, it says right there. It's one of the first words. Choose a beast. 
Yeah, <laughs> in the first two sentences, this is beast twice. Spell lets you convince a beast that you mean it no harm. Choose a beast that you can see within a range. It must see and hear you. If the beast's third mention of beast intelligence is four or higher, the spell fails. Otherwise, the beast five uh, must succeed on a or four on a wisdom save or be charmed by the spell. If uh, and you can cast it at higher levels to affect more beasts. Yeah, and a hook core is a, what is it, a monstrosity, I think? Let me... Let me do this. Hook core. I'm pretty sure it's a monstrosity. Yeah, it's a monstrosity. <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar with D&D and how monsters work, they're broken up into categories. And certain spells uh, and abilities... Uh, only affect certain categories. The categories are Aberration Beast Celestial Construct Dragon Elemental Fey Fiend Giant Humanoid Monstrosity Ooze Plant Undead Humanoid is sort of a confusing one um, because you could be, you know, an un you could be a giant and technically be humanoid in shape which, you know, that the I feel like humanoid needs to be have a different name. I don't know what that name could be. You know what? Let's just look up humanoid. Humanoid. Uh, definition. And then maybe there is a synonym. So having an appearance or characteristic resembling that of a human. Yeah. Okay. So humanoid synonym. Hominoid, man-like, anthropoid, anthropomorphic, android, biped, mechanical man. What? All right. Well, I guess humanoid it is. But uh, it doesn't quite mean what it means by the dictionary definition. I suppose that's how you could look at it. Just like beast. Beast versus um, monstrosity. There's some crossover there it might seem like as well. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what was the next one? So can you cast? No. And I think that was their answer as well. Uh, number four I've got here. Does a gelatinous cube continue to grow? Uh, I think they went with yes, if I do recall, which, you know, makes sense from a, uh, you know, a, a, a giant cube of goo that has uh, things sort of uh, uh, either slithers over things or has things thrown into it so that it slowly dissolves uh, and uh, eats basically it's gonna grow makes sense to me um, from you know that mechanical uh, logical standpoint but then also from a cool standpoint um, you know the D&D the, the &D rule of cool which uh, <laughs> Judge John Hodgman was unfamiliar with until this episode which I thought was interesting um, if it's cool why not make that the rule so having a uh, gelatinous cube would be fucking huge uh, is I think an interesting idea actually I have this uh, and I, I'm still working on the map for it uh, in the, not the current campaign that I'm running, which is a journey through all the planes of existence, uh, are, my players are currently in Shadowfell, just FYI. Um, my next one is sort of a magic versus science. It's more than that, and I won't go into the, the details, but 
basically each uh, session slash dungeon, whatever you want to call it, is broken up into a different scientific uh, area, scientific pursuit, scientific school. Uh, and one of them is, uh, shoot, what, I forget what it is, what the actual scientific, anyways, it's as if a, a, a one cell uh, gets giant, uh, almost like a gelatinous cube, like a, a gelatinous cube, I was sort of pictured as one giant cell, which maybe it's not, but whatever. Um, and the players have to sort of work their way through it. And there's like different areas of it that are more sort of acidic. So you could just be standing in one spot and you're fine. But then as you approach other spots, as you sort of, uh, you know, almost glide slash, it's almost like you're walking through jello. Um, I have ways, uh, mechanics that uh, will have it make sense. <laughs> so you're not breathing jello, for example. Um, uh, but but as you approach you know more concentrated areas that the, the acid there will uh, you know cause more damage and you'll have to be wary of that that, that sort of thing uh, it, it's basically a dungeon inside a, uh, a gelatinous cube kind of sort of kind of sort of if you want to boil it down which I do want to boil it down because it'd be delicious gelatinous cube soup are you kidding me are you kidding me uh, okay, I guess that's it for now, and I will uh, post this episode, which is, you know, fun. Hope you don't mind too, too much uh, the less frequent posting, but, uh, you know, it's working out well on my end, and that's really, really what matters, isn't it? <laughs> right? Eh. Eh. Folks, we did it. It's nice to be nice to the nice that was